0: Hello and welcome to the Shannon Roberts podcast. I am your hostess, Shannon Roberts. This is a special edition of the podcast. I actually was kind of settling into what I thought was going to be a series, but with recent events, I have this on my heart to share. Uh, this morning, I had a friend reach out to me regarding recent political events and ask, do you have any thoughts on it? And my only thoughts were to keep our eyes on Jesus. <laughs> and I know that I know that I know that God is speaking. Watch and see what I'm about to do. In fact, he confirmed this word through a sister in Christ in Australia just a couple days ago. So I know that he wants us to keep our eyes on him and just watch what He is about to do. After we were done texting this morning, I was burdened to pray. I had gone on a walk, and I just had this overwhelming sense to pray. But first, first, the Lord wanted me to read a page out of Reese Howell's Intercessor, the story of a life lived for God. Now, if you've never heard of Reese Howell's He's just an amazing inspiration. I actually first heard about and read his book in November of 2008. So this is about, you know, 12 years ago that this man's life and some of the seed from his life has been planted into my soul. And so the Lord wanted me to read page 43, 143, and page 243. So page 43, What struck me was that the work had not been done in this individual's life through Reese Howell for a few weeks or months. It was stage by stage amidst lapses, but, you know, falling and stumbling and getting back up until there was this final victory. And in this particular case, this final victory didn't take place for three years. And finally, I I honed in on this verse or not a verse. It's a sentence within the book that says, if you love one, you can love many. And if many, you can love all. So I put that in the the recepts of my mind, and then I went to page 143. There is no glory like proclaiming the cross. This was the sentence that stood out to me on this page. And then page 243 is where it got real juicy, and honestly, where my mind had been thinking prior to uh, getting into the book And I opened it up to page 243, and this was an insert or a journal entry of a sort from September 8th, 1940, which was just over 80 years ago. And it was a national day of prayer where this statement was made. Our country has only outward form of religion, neither cold nor hot, like the church in Laodicea. May God bring the nation back. Our one cause for praise is that the enemy has not been able to invade our country. And the country he is speaking of is Britain. He uh, resided in, in Britain. And so this stood out to me. And then I continued on into, um, actually I went back to the previous page, so page 242, and it says, there is a great difference between a selfish fear of consequences And wanting God's protection because you have a work to carry out for him. So let's break this down. What is the difference between a selfish fear of consequences? So selfish fear of consequences is, God, please watch over me because I did this and I want you to forgive me and still have your hand on my life, even though I know I did what I wanted to do instead of what you want to do, compared to wanting God's protection because you have a work to carry out for him indicating and implying insinuating that you've been in the secret place you've heard from god and now it's basically okay god you gave me this instruction you gave me this direction i'm willing and i'm ready to start walking in this now i need your hand of protection about my life because i'm carrying out your work your will and your ways rather than my selfish will and ways So he's talking about this difference there. And then the question is posed, have you really got victory? We have never walked this way before. I think some of us feel right now we've never gone this way before. The important thing is to find out where God is in this. This is an encouragement for us today. Where is God in all of this, in all of this chaos? Continuing on in the book, you may try to use the word of God without having his power behind it. If God is going to deliver from this hell, there will have to be some power released. Now, what does that mean? It means that, again, if we have been in the secret place and God has given us a word, God has given us the instruction in the secret place, in the throne room, he has given us the, the power, he has given us authority from a place of intimacy through his word, and he will give us the words to speak, which is what you're going to see in the, the remainder of this podcast here in just a moment. So, unless you are sure of your own victory, you will never be able to pray for the deliverance of a country. We have bound the devil over and over again, and I hope we shall do it again when God's time comes in this war. So, again, that was Reese Howell, and I was just kind of wrapping up what was standing out to me. Unless you and I are sure of our own victory, we will never be able to pray for the deliverance of our country. We have to be sure of our victory. How are we sure of our victory? We are sure of our victory by knowing that we were in the throne room of grace, that we were in the presence of God, that we were laying out our and our repentance and our forgiveness and everything before him, and we have been forgiven, but not only that, we have received from Him, the word that He needs us to take forth. Now, why do we need a word to take forth? Why do we need to know that the words in Scripture that we are sharing have power given on high behind them? Because in Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 8, this says, "...then the man of lawlessness will be revealed, but the Lord Jesus will kill him with the breath of his mouth and destroy him by the splendor of his coming." What translation am I reading? New Living Translation. And in my Bible, the pages, I'm not I'm not reading an online version, um, says the Lord Jesus will kill him, the man of lawlessness, by the breath of Of his mouth. This man will come, this is verse 9, to do the work of Satan with counterfeit power and signs and miracles. This is why we need to know that the words that we're speaking are not just scripture that we have picked and chosen from the Bible in an effort to fight a very real enemy that is out there (laughs) right now. We need to know that God has given us the word. God has given us the scripture. God has given us basically his voice. And now he is saying, speak this, share this, which is part of why I'm sharing uh, what took place this morning in the prayer closet via podcast versus typing it and just putting it out there uh, for others to read with their own interpretation, with their own um, bias, with their own just spin on things. So I just wanted to kind of preface this whole message with that, that we are being encouraged to know that we have the victory in the secret place from that place of intimacy. And from that place of intimacy, we then have authority to speak the words that God has given us to speak and then trust God to protect us moving forward. Okay, so in the throne room, I sensed the Lord was eager and had been waiting to, to share with me. And I, I shared with him, I, I don't want to hear anything other than your heart. I want to pray only that which you need me to pray right now. There is so much going on. I witnessed so much yesterday. I have seen different people sharing different things. And last night, my heart was breaking. It was hurting from all of the things that I was seeing. And I was praying for peace. And I was praying for God the Father and Jesus King and for Holy Spirit Comforter to move. They know what needs to be done. And I actually was able to go to sleep peacefully and not have any joy stolen. And in this place, in this morning, I'm then reminded of this vision I had of the red wave and the blue wave and Jesus's blood covering and loving. This is all about his blood. And then they began to love. And then there was this wave, this wave of love and this wave of mercy covering. So I was first reminded of that vision. And then I was reminded of a vision I had years prior of President Trump being in an office and blessed by the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The world knew him before the baptism and would now witness him after this baptism. And in this vision, it sensed to be another four years. Now, it was just another four years. I don't know if it was in office. I don't know what that indicated, but I knew there was a four years attached to it. So I'm not saying anything about anything other than what this vision was. But this time in the prayer closet, I saw his family surrounding him. So then my mind went from the image of a sign that I saw yesterday while people were bombarding the Capitol and so many people were on the steps of the Capitol and amidst this, what appeared to be like chaos and craziness and even communicated as such on the uh, news source that I was watching. Some individual was holding a bright yellow sign, and on that bright yellow sign it said, Jesus saves. And this was on the steps of the Capitol. And all I could sit here in my desk or at my desk in my chair thinking was, wow, the world literally is watching right now what is happening here in America. And here we have a sign, someone holding up, Jesus saves. Jesus saves. I actually took a screenshot of it and you can see it on my social media and my website um, just because it moved me so much. But when this image popped up into my mind in the prayer closet this morning, there was this sense of irony to the situation that was playing out. I cried out, moved by the Spirit through a vision, Lord, I will take your anvil and become a broken vessel if your fragrance would bring freedom. I'm sure that you are familiar with boxers and boxers when they get knocked out. These people have these special things that they go up to them and they like break it open and then the boxer smells it and they wake up. They're called um, smelling salts. And the Lord is calling us to wake up. He's calling us to wake up as you're soon going to see. In this moment, I began to move into intercession and I began to pray firstly. God, cause the blind eyes to see and deaf ears to hear what the Lord is saying and respond to the salvation of God. This prayer and intercession was for the lost. Let me take on their their sin and lostness, Lord God, if you would but let them see what you're doing and hear what you're speaking in this hour. As I am broken before you, let my life be a fresh fragrance and good oil that causes people to see and wake up. The second thing that came to mind was cause those who are knowingly and unknowingly cooperating with the enemy right now to be delivered in the name of Jesus, free to repent, receive salvation, and walk with Jesus. Yes, there was a prayer for those who are knowingly and unknowingly possessed. If that freaks you out, I'm sorry. <laughs> but it is scriptural. In fact, as we are uh, moving beyond right now as a collective group, there are about twenty of us now. I just read this morning in verse or chapter four, verse twenty-three. Jesus traveled throughout the region of Galilee, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. It didn't stop there. Verse twenty-four. News about him spread as far as Syria and people soon began bringing to him all who were sick and whatever their sickness or disease or if they were demon possessed or epileptic or paralyzed he healed them all so people do need to be delivered if they needed delivered in Jesus's day we can conclude they need delivered in our day today as well not something to be afraid of not something to shy away from but this is what the Lord was showing me this morning and I'm going to align with his vision. I'm going to speak what I heard him speaking and share what I saw him sharing with me this morning. The third thing was that prayer of intercession that would cause the church in America to wake up, to have the smelling salt right under our noses and wake us up and realize we are living far below the place God would have us live, move, and breathe from. So there were a few points in this one that the Lord really, if I'm honest, broke me. I was really broken before him in this. First, repentance of rejecting Holy Spirit, God's gift of Jesus Christ living within. I saw Holy Spirit had been placed in a box, buried six feet under And the church walking all over Him rather than allowing Him, Holy Spirit, to be alive and living resurrected through His body as God has ordained. I ask for forgiveness on behalf of the church in this way. Repentance of rejecting the apostles and prophets, the voices and friends of God, the very ones leading and guiding His church or called to lead and guide His church, Amos 3, 7 came to mind. Indeed, the sovereign Lord never does anything until he reveals his plans to his servants, the prophets. Naturally, I ask Lord, where did it go wrong? I mean, there are so many things that have taken place in 2020 and now here we are in 2021 and it seems to be a continuation of like a really, really bad movie. <laughs> and we're asking, where, where did things go wrong? Where did we get it wrong? Right away in my spirit, I sensed that there were too many in the church. Even those who do welcome Holy Spirit in the offices of apostles and prophets had placed too much emphasis on politics, a president, and the prophecies related to them and protecting their names, meaning the prophets were trying to protect their names, rather than focus on the Almighty One, focus on God, has been, had been lost. And another thing that came to mind was that not all of those in the body of Christ fit these scenarios. There are those who have been cherishing the throne room. They have been cherishing time in the secret place. They have been cherishing intimacy with God above all. Capital letters, above all. He has been hearing them. He hears you now. Even if others refuse to hear you, even if others refuse to hear what you are speaking, knowing and convicted that it's coming from the heart of God and the throne room, he hears you. These ones know whatever happens in this nation, God's kingdom will prevail and he will always provide for those remaining steadfast in seeking his heart above all. Their victory is sure What do we do now? You know, because I'm such a proponent of we don't just receive the seed. We cultivate it. We allow it to bear fruit. Our lives are to bear fruit. So what do we do with this? And this is the encouragement for what we do now. We pray. We pray and then we move in obedience just like we do every other time in our walk with the Lord this side of heaven. So first and foremost, we pray to be vessels filled with the oil and fragrance of Holy Spirit and willing to be broken so that others can smell the sweet fragrance of Jesus Christ from our lives, so that others can receive the fresh oil of Holy Spirit from our lives. We pray for the lost, for the blind, and for the deaf to be able to see and hear and be found by Jesus, but not found only, forgiven and set free as they place their faith, hope, and trust in Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. We pray for the possessed and influenced by darkness to be delivered and captivated only by Jesus Christ. We pray for the church to allow Holy Spirit into their buildings, into their congregations, into their gatherings, and allow Him the freedom to move as He must right now and forevermore. We pray for the church to no longer Reject God's apostles and prophets and begin operating as he divinely set in order. All offices, apostles, prophets, teachers, evangelists, and pastors, working in concert with one another in unity, in harmony, as the Holy Spirit leads each cell in each area of each community but also collectively, no independent cells on their own, but all working in concert with one another. We pray for those in the church who have wandered from their first love, teetering on the idolatry of patriotism, politics, and a president to stop in their tracks, repent, and lock eyes with their first love, Jesus Christ. And if he's never been truly, authentically, and genuinely their first love, that he becomes their first love in this engagement, in this encounter with him. We pray for those in the church who have placed their prophecies and their reputation as idols before the Lord to also be moved to repentance and turn to his heart for his purposes and his glorious reputation to fill the earth. We pray for all to come into God's divine alignment and live victoriously no matter the circumstance and to surrender our breath and our words to Jesus so the lawless one and Satan will be defeated, which we just read from 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9 will happen. And then we read and reread Isaiah forty. 40- 3 I'm just going to go there real quick. I do want to share with you, I am not um, ridiculing or judging anyone who did prophesy any certain continuation of a presidency or lack thereof. That's not the heart of this at all. This is just my heart sensing that God was speaking to me, that politics, a certain president, and um, prophecies have been held onto more than the one who created the president or the one who created the political landscape, I guess, even though today's political landscape, I believe, is a far cry from what was ever intended at the founding of this nation or holding on to more the prophecy than the one who has given the prophecies. But now, O Jacob, listen to the Lord who created you. O Israel, the one who formed you says, do not be afraid for I have ransomed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you go through deep water, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I gave Egypt as a ransom for your freedom. I gave Ethiopia and Saba in your place. Others were given in exchange for you. I traded their lives for yours because you are precious to me. You are honored and I love you. Do not be afraid for I am with you. I will gather you and your children from the east and west. I I will say to the north and south, Bring my sons and daughters back to Israel from the distant corners of the earth. Bring all who claim me as their God, for I have made them for my glory. It was I who created them. Bring out the people who have eyes but are blind, who have ears but are deaf. I just want to make note that this uh, chapter in Isaiah came to mind. After my prayer time with the Lord. So this was total confirmation that the Lord was speaking to me. And this is what he does. He speaks to us in whispers or sometimes in roars. (laughs) And then it's confirmed through his written word. Everything has to be confirmed through his written word. Verse 9, gather the nations together, assemble the peoples of the world. Which of their idols has ever foretold such things? Which can predict what will happen tomorrow? Where are the witnesses of such predictions? Who can verify that they spoke the truth? But you are my witnesses, O Israel, says the Lord. You are my servant. You have been chosen to know me, believe in me, and understand that I alone am God. We have been chosen to know him, believe in him, and understand him him. There is no other God. There never has been and there never will be. I, yes, I am the Lord and there is no other savior. First, I predicted your rescue. Then I saved you and proclaimed it to the world. No foreign God has ever done this. You are witnesses that I am the only God, says the Lord. I just shared on Monday from Matthew 1 that the Lord is faithful He prophesied and prophesied and prophesied through prophets in the Old Testament that He would redeem the world. And He, in fact, did. He made it through prophets. He made it through stumbling and stalling and disobedience and exile. And He still brought forth His Son, Jesus, into the earth to save us and extend salvation, not only to the Israel people, but also to Gentiles like myself. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Verse 13, from eternity to eternity, I am God. No one can snatch anyone out of my hands. So, if you are afraid today, know and be sure you are secured in the hands of Father God if you have asked Jesus Christ to be the Lord and Savior of your life. No one can undo what I have done. Everything that Jesus has set into motion cannot be reversed, it cannot be undone. It just cannot. Because the Word says it right here, so thank you, Lord. This is what the Lord says, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. For your sakes, I will send an army against Babylon, forcing the Babylonians to flee in those ships they are so proud of. I am the Lord, your Holy One, Israel's Creator and King. I am the Lord who opened a way through the waters, making a dry path through the sea. I called forth the mighty army of Egypt with all its chariots and horses. I drew them beneath the waves, and they drowned. their lives snuffed out like a smoldering candle wick. I am going to remind us, we are talking here um, in this modern day about powers and principalities. We are not talking about people. We just read that the Lord wants people to be found. He wants them to be able to see and hear. He wants those who are possessed to be delivered. So we are talking here about the powers and principalities in the high places above the earth who are like having a heyday right now. So forget all that, is nothing compared to what I'm going to do? For I am about to do something new. See? I have already begun, do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. The wild animals in the fields will thank me, the jackals and owls too, for giving them water in the desert. Yes, I will make rivers in the dry wasteland so my chosen people can be refreshed. I have made Israel for myself and they will someday honor me before the whole world. You know, guys, I've been sharing that the whole world is watching. Yes, the whole world is really paying attention to America right now, but the whole world is also watching the church and how those who call themselves Christians will respond in this hour. I pray that we are responding knowing with understanding that we have been made for God, His purposes, His plans. It says right here, I made them for myself. I feel like He just revealed to us what he's calling us to repent of right now. How we can intercede right now. What we can trust the Lord for right now in this hour moving forward. In closing, I found a coincidence this morning. I looked at the weather before all of this transpired and I noticed that the weather is going to be 33 degrees five days in a row. So, Friday through Tuesday. Now, this could be completely coincidental. But as I was writing this and preparing this, this came back to mind. I'm like, okay, Lord, what does that have to do with anything? If it were 43 degrees, it would make more sense. Because I looked at page 43, 143 and 243 of Reese house. And I looked at chapter 43 of Isaiah, which really resonated I believe with what he was speaking in the prayer closet, but 33 degrees. Well, just out of curiosity's sake, I looked up what three means biblically, and it means harmony new life and completeness for five days and five means grace this could be all coincidental um, and this could be something that you might want to pray into but i am calling you myself and whomever else will respond or prayerfully consider us to five days of prayer and fasting praying and fasting over these points there are one two three four five six seven eight nine different areas that the Lord has led us to pray, to trust him, to read and reread in Isaiah 43, especially for five days, just watching and seeing what he is about to do. You're invited to join myself and others in the next five days. You are encouraged to pray the prayers. You are encouraged to read Isaiah 43. You are encouraged to give voice to what the Lord is saying and not what the flesh might want to do right now or what the emotions might want to do, might want to react in a natural response rather than proactively move forward in a spiritual response. I am praying over you and trusting that the Lord will speak personally and uniquely to you in this hour. I am looking forward. I am. I'm just going to continue to look forward and watch and see what the Lord is about to do. He is an amazing God. He loves his people. I believe he is still extending his hand of mercy, and I sense we are all being called to respond to this invitation to pray and seek him. That's what I had for today. Uh, Again, I'm just praying for all of us, praying for the Lord's heart to be known. In the name of Jesus, amen.